This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of Takes That Chance 10. Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. And Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. So you're done there. So you're done there, Cozzy. Yes. <laughs> well done. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, loud and clear. Yeah, it just keeps freezing a little bit. So apologies if it does. Guys, we are live on YouTube after Huddersfield Town's fifth defeat in a row in January. Well, this one proper hurts tonight. So dry January, that's what I've called it. And it's continuing. But yeah, absolute... Uh, Nightmare, really. We'll bring back 2020. Not a lot of people are saying that, but other still town fans are. Yeah. We remember we ended the year in style. Navisar, last minute, Blackburn, and yeah, 2021 disaster. But a lot of positives tonight. And here, for some beautiful therapy, in no particular order, we have Paul Quinn. Paul is, well, he used to manage Tadcastle Albion when he used to play football. Do you remember them? <laughs> <laughs> distant, distant memory now, yeah. Distant memory. Yeah. Big town fan and enjoyed the game tonight with us. Uh, so, yeah. Paul, welcome. Looking forward to hearing your views. Thanks, Thank mate. You. Thank you. Ian Dunn, a man who also used to be uh, working in non-league football until uh, the Premier League, National League, sorry, North decided to end. Looks like <laughs> the season and... Oh, don't say that. Don't, don't say don't say that. <laughs> two weeks, we've been told. Two weeks. 
two weeks. God, I know your Saturdays uh, are back in Asda and farm foods, don't you like myself? But uh, you're kidding, I can't even get into Asda. <laughs> mate, click, and collect, <laughs> click and collect. We're online shopping. We're online shopping. Oh, mate, so Jesus is getting a win at Bradford in your day, mate. They sat click and collect. All you do, click, collect. It's like shelling peas, mate. On head, put it on the head and put it back of the net. Good to see you, mate. Put them to bed. Looking forward to talking about a lot of stuff about town. I want to speak as well about York City because I think a lot of us saw that video that we put out last week, which for uh, traditional football fans were quite a tearjerker, to be honest with you. I think we were all like a bit, but looking forward to talking that and discuss a bit of non-league chat and obviously town. Brady, you're back with us, mate. Again, another one of deprived women's football expert. You can't even watch that now, Brady. So you're stuck like me watching uh, Taffy versus uh, Wesker on a Sunday afternoon, mate. Eh? <laughs> No, cheers for having us, Cosy. Feel, uh, you know, it's like, oh, we've got manager Paul Quinn, we've got a former, you know, town legend Ian Dunn, and it's like, oh yeah, Brady's here as well. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got a topless podcaster as uh, as those who were there. I'll never forget. But guys, on with the game. So another defeat. I think coming into the game, I don't think there'd be probably many town fans who were kind of tipping a, a win. I kind of did, but I suppose it may be a bit of blind faith in that as well. And one change from the uh, last game that we played uh, last week against Millwall and Benza came back into it. But, yeah, I suppose really, I've got so much written down, but I just, it's so frustrating. I, I think you'd just rather get bad when you're on that as well. And at 2-0, looking so minutes, but do we hit the bath post four times? And, yeah, we were, we were excellent. But, Quinny, for you, is it just one of those when football ain't going for you like it in for town? That is just how it goes. It's just so frustrating, isn't it, tonight? I feel sorry for the coaching staff because watching that tonight, and it must have been so, so frustrating. I think I've just looked at some stats. I think town had some like 65% possession as an away team. It was just ridiculous. And it was attack after attack. And just it was just two moments, wasn't it, first half? That, you know, barring that, I think it was a really, really good performance. And how we've not got anything out of that game is just like... They must be sat on the coach tonight coming home thinking, you know, what have we got to do to get something from a game? Because, you know, the performance was really, really positive. Really, really good. So many good aspects. It was just, it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing they could have done about it from the sidelines. It was just, um, we just needed one there. Like Campbell's chance towards the end where it's the outside of the post. You know, I think that just summed up the night, didn't it? Oh, um, yeah. But Lewis O'Brien's first half and we've had so many good opportunities, but they've had, they've had two shots on goal. And they've won two one, and that probably yeah. sums up the game, doesn't it? It's uh, incredible. When the last time you had, apart from maybe a non-league game when we played in the cup, thirteen corners to nil. Just incredible. There's some ridiculous stats. You were just quite you were saying before. What, what were that crosses? One did we have? What were it forty to four in the box or something? 40, 40 crosses to four. As a wayside, put forty balls in the box. They put four. I mean, I don't think. I, I don't think. I can't remember them going in our penalty area second half. I mean, they, they might have done once or twice, but I genuinely can't remember. Schofield's just, you know, it could have been on a deck chair, couldn't he, smoking a cigar and having a cocktail and all what, and he just didn't, didn't have to do anything second half, and um, yeah, maybe that's just the side of it at the moment, being being clinical, but it was a good performance, wasn't it? You can't, you can't dismiss no. that. Don't you, when, when you're down on your luck as a, as a footballer, what, you know, when you're on a kind of string four defeats in a row, how do you kind of mentally come into games? Does it, does it kind of play in your mind, or are you thinking... Get me back on the pitch. I just want to put it right. Yeah, no, I couldn't care less to be honest. It was. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, no, I mean it's, it's it's awful, isn't it? You don't 
you know, you, you you train all week long, and if you're lucky enough to get in the team, and then you keep losing, and it depends what your manager's like as well. You know, I've played with some, I've had, been lucky, I've had some good managers, I've had some bad ones. Some bad ones panic, and then panic sets in, and then the rest of the team suddenly panic. Um, you watch the good managers. I'll be interested to see what happens. You know, I've got a little affinity with Liverpool. I'll be interested to see what he does there because that's the team that's down on the look pretty much like Huddersfield. And if your manager panics, the players will panic. It's as simple as that. Um, so I think the manager's going to have to be strong here. Carry on believing and doing what he's doing is right, which it is, isn't it? I mean, I, I've seen a couple of the games recently. I didn't watch tonight. I've seen a couple of games recently. And he, you know what he's trying to achieve. You know what he's trying to do. And the players are buying into it. The more they buy into it, the more success they'll have. And, and you know, I'm just looking at the stats myself. It's it's an astonishing, you know, 64% possession, 26 shots. Four. Four, you know, six on target out of 26 shots, but still four more than they had on target. They had two on target and scored. So it's just one of them things. They've got to keep believing. They've got to keep working hard on the training ground. And uh, when match day comes around, Go out and, and carry out the manager's orders, and, and and it'll turn. It's got to, you know, it will turn. They, they carry on being consistently, you know, with the football he's trying to play, and keep believing that it, it will turn. They've got too many good players for it not to. Tony, you know, yeah. you said about managers panicking, like from your perspective as a player. What did that look like? What did a manager start doing that they weren't doing before? It, it, you knew, you just knew when a manager was just on the wing. You know, like two or three defeats, and I, I've played in some teams that have had. Don't, don't add them spells. Yeah. And you know when you're coming into training, he's a bit down. Training suddenly becomes less about the technical side. It's right, we'll run you. You know, I mean, I'm going back, you know, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in my day, you know, 20, 25 years. If you're struggling, you're, you're at, he ran you because he was punishing you. It was almost like, you're not doing it, lads, so I'm going to punish you. And you know then, you know you're just about, you're shot at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the manager's got a real problem because he's, he's losing. As you, you, you know, when he, you, if the manager loses his players, yeah. it's a long way back for him. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's that's what he mustn't let happen at Uddersfield, at uh, Corberan. He, must, he mustn't let that happen. He must keep his spirits up. He's got to believe in himself, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully they'll turn it around. So we started the game... In bad style, really, and Naki Wells probably should have scored with that header early on. Poor miss, really, and that as well. And uh, but then the first big talking point, and it was really strange because it were almost like carbon copy. I felt of the uh, Watford incident with Troy Deeney, the guy, really typical that he gets the both goals as well. It's so called Juju. I've got how how you pronounce it there. Juju. Yeah, quite. Uh, I thought he should have gone. Maybe it wasn't as blatant for me as the Deeney thing, but. Again, in that Premier League, I, I think that's a red all day long. And I don't think we had the angles when I follow that we did for the uh, the Dini incident. But it looked, you kind of looked at the reaction. I mean, a lot of players try to get a lot of people sent off now. But as soon as it happened, I thought, this is, he could be walking here. And I was very disappointed. He only got the yellow. I just wonder, kind of, Baku, just because it's Bakuna, do you think that sometimes the referees, because they must know about his antics and stuff. But to me, it's irrelevant who it is. It was that. Back in your day, quick done that one to be in a red, but in the modern day, 100%, I think that's a red card. Bray, did you did, did you think he should have walked, or do you think I'm in a bit over the top? I, I, I've got to be honest, like you said, the player's reaction, I was like, oh, this looks bad, and you, you see it, and you're like, 
he could you could definitely see that as a red I, I think the Deeney one seemed more of a red for me just because it's late as well and he, he's doing it to, to hurt him whereas I think you could probably argue the, the player in this game is trying to go for the ball but yeah I, I again I don't want to I don't want to blame refs but I think you get you, I, I don't know if it's just town but even the championship in general there's a challenge like that every week and it's just so inconsistent like players get sent off for it and then they don't I think we've been a bit unlucky with decisions um, and like I say I mean you know he scores both goals and yeah we'll talk about the defending for now I'm sure because it was uh, it was pretty terrible but um, yeah it, was, it definitely could have it could have been off for that and that might have changed the game but um, yeah those I'm sure we'll come on to the goals but uh, yeah your bench going up big ass town guy goes in on your guy boxing day for the game we're on that happens your bench you up get him off or are you kind of looking at maybe patronising commentary coming up from a non-league angle and just get on with it, lad. But I don't know. I, I, it doesn't surprise me he didn't get sent off, but definitely in Premier League and a bit of bar action, That's I'm, I'm saying he's going there. Yeah, probably. If you're looking at it, you think it's not sending off if it's one of my players, but if it's one of theirs, you want him off. It's uh, probably one of them. I, I think it's like it we're a bit of a typical centre-forward challenge, wasn't it? a bit of a bad touch, and then he's sort of stretching for it. And For me, it's not a sending off. Like If that's a sending off... Well, it is a sending off in, in some incidents, isn't it? But that's where I think the game's struggles a little bit with with some of them things. I think I think the referee was he was just common sense and it wanted to send it off for me, but that was on first view. But then again you you know you look at it when they start slowing it all down and I think that that magnifies what the challenge has actually been in the first place. You know, it didn't seem out of control, it was just a bit of a late one, but uh, it just might be soft cause in terms of what you interpret uh, football, you know what I mean? So it wanted it wanted to send it off for me. Don't you know when you watch a lot of football now and the game's changing, did you I think you get a lot of players. Oh God, I watch so much Spanish football, but the players are like in people's rest faces, like he needs to go there, he needs to get off. You know, there's imaginary cards. Did you ever get involved with incidents where you kind of maybe got an arrest here, should go there, or maybe just want people to get sent off? Do you just do everything you can to try and get an advantage, or do you just look at it now in your kind no, of I'd... yard and think this is a bit over the top? Yeah, I think it's crept in. I mean, when you know, now when, when I was younger. The foreign element you felt, you know, the dive and the cheeks and the the, the the play acting that was there. But this going up to the referees and trying to get a fellow professional sent off that to me, um, I might be alone here. I, has it crept in or is it or have I just woken up and it's there? I don't know. When we played, you didn't try and get your I don't think you tried to get your opponent sent off. You're more likely to try and stand on his feet, not me, but you know, it's the players that would do that. They'd, they could be naughty with each other and, and then they shake hands at the end of the day and, and get on with it. This this getting into the referee's face, you know, into the linesman's face and, and really wanting your opposition to lose a man for not very much. Has it crept in? I don't, Quinny, you, as a manager, what do you think? Is that, is that some of this think, crept in or has it been there all along? Yeah, I think it's definitely, definitely part of the game now and I think problem is, is if you're playing against a side that are vocal and are in the referee's face and they're influencing the referee, then what yeah. do you do as a team? You know, as a manager, I'm probably saying to the players, you've got, there's got to be an element of we've got to play them at their own game a little bit and try and influence the referee. You try and do it in a positive way, but I think you, yeah. you can come up against some sides that are really in the referee's face, in the linesman's ear, the technical areas at them all the time. And then it's sort of like you're in a bit of a catch-22. It might not be what you believe in, but what do you do? Just let it happen and let them influence yeah. the referee. Because unfortunately, they, they do get influenced, you know. Uh, yeah. And probably even more so now with no crowds in, they can hear 
what the technical staff are saying, can't they? More than they would do with a crowd in. So it's a difficult yeah, one, isn't it? Because you don't, you don't. Yeah. It's not a nice part of the game, but you know, you it's horrible. Go, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It is horrible. It's, but I think it used to, it's always existed. You've always tried to influence the referee. Everyone does. You know, you walk past him and say, hey, come on, ref, next time, penalty. You, you try and get something because that, yeah, it, that is a part of the game. But I think that he should be off. You know, yeah, where's yeah. your card, ref? That's, that's coming. It's coming gradually. Now it's almost accepted that that's going to happen. And I think that's, that's a real slight on the game of football. I'm, I know I'm getting heavy here. I really do. I think. Trying to get an opponent sent off, fair enough. Try and get a game that you know everyone tries to gain a little advantage, but I, I think, to see a I think we can off. learn a lot from, from rugby from rugby league in terms of the way yeah. the game's refereed and the discipline in rugby league and the way the players talk yeah. to referees. They don't get away with it, do they? And I know I don't think yeah. we've got a grip on that in the last 15 20 years in the game. I think we've we've not really got a grip, you know, we've had respect campaign and all this sort of stuff, but I don't think yeah. we've ever really got a grip on. You know, players probably less so surrounding the referees now. That's that's probably less than it was five, ten years ago, isn't it? But I think we can learn a lot from rugby. I think the way they and the way the referees are mic'd up and people can hear what they're saying, the, the way they're talking yeah. to the players, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. that's that's yeah. probably the next step for us, I think, as a game. We've got to look at that side of it. God, if the mic's in your players up quiddy, there'll be people doing time and Hamlet, wouldn't there if they had the space <laughs> in the jail? So moving on the game, and if you remember, Juju was the guy who turned the game at the uh, John Smiths earlier on in the season when Bristol kind of turned it around and Sod's Law with the incident that he happened, he was the guy that scored the first goal and I thought it was a really poor goal, to be honest with you, right down the middle. It seemed to be a bit of a strange one to me. I, at first I thought, is he offside? Kind of Keogh looked at uh, the kind of other defenders as if to say, what has just happened here? And it was really disappointing once it... Uh, Know, kind of got through and he finished it well, but I don't know, was it a breakdown communication? Because when I looked again, I thought there may be a written argument for offside, but really poor goal, wasn't it, uh, Brady? Just kind of straight down the middle and, yeah, poor. Good finish, though, from him. Yeah, it kind of caught everyone off guard, didn't you? Like, you had to double-check because it just, I mean, when it happened in real time, it just looked so easy. Um, but again, it's kind of a nice little flick from, from Casey Palmer. But, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, their striker. Yeah, I was talking to the uh, Bristol fan for our preview pod, and apparently he's he's wanting to leave, or he's thinking of, um, you know, he, he wants a bit more money, and there's kind of a standoff at the club. Well, he could, uh, you know, based on his performance tonight, I think they'd want to keep him. But you know, bit of a defensive mix-up. I, I think what's was so annoying about this performance is, like you say, like you can't fault the second half that we just can see we just give goals away so easily and then we have to work so hard to get get something from the game so when you see stuff like that like the first goal you just you just tearing your hair out because you know i don't think i don't think any of us would be there and like oh that's fantastic play from bristol i think the finish was great i know we dummy you know uh, trick Schofield, but it's just it's just so it's so annoying as a town fan because it was just you know we just give goals away and like you say i think you were saying Cosy. Can see the most goals in the league now. Yeah, 37 were quite far in front now, and that's on second goal. Quinny, pretty similar to be honest with you. Katie Palmer, great bit of skill, probably on soccer aim on it. Showboat, you know, though Aaron's might have something to say about that for our uh, goal, but yeah, and Sart, I mean, he will run beaten wrong side of him on here and that as well. And it, it really hurt us, didn't it? Like, we've started the game quite well after that Wells chance when we're two down after 26 minutes. and and again, just down the middle, you'd rather see a decent cross coming in someone, I don't know, get their head on it than what we conceded. And it looked a long way back then, didn't it? Poor second goal, won it again? 
Yeah, it was. But I think one thing that was really positive was that the spirit we showed. I know talked, you know, the Terrier spirit's been something that's been at the club, but I thought the way we responded, because we could have capitulated there. Yeah. It could have been, you know, it could have gone three, four quite quickly, but the response after that was was fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think like the goals were poor. But you look at there was a little bit of skill and a little bit of decent playing the build up to the first goal. I think Semenyo's like come short for it, and then he's let it run for um for the lad who scored and it was a little bit of clever playing the build up, but it's just I was letting him run off it and it was it was too easy. And then obviously Palmer's decent little ball inside for the second goal. But they yeah, the soft, the soft goals and barring that, you take those two pieces of play out of the equation and it's just been just been all Huddersfield, hasn't it? It's been all Huddersfield all night. And, is that something that we go back to and you say, well, that's where we need to strengthen and we need somebody there that's going to get us 20 goals. And, you know, we talk about the lad who's played up front for Bristol today, but apart from the two goals, what else did he do in the game? Not a lot, I don't think. But when no. he had his chance, he took them both, didn't he? That's the best um, strike. I that, Quinn. I watched Luis yeah, Suarez every other week, mate. Luis Suarez contributes nothing to the game for like <laughs> 88% of the time, 90%, but he'll score. And that, that's yeah. what it's all about. And I mean... Louis O'Brien, a bit of a strange one there. I must admit, I didn't thought he'd hit the post. I thought the keeper had kind of saved it on that as well. That, that was a really good save. Then kind of Sarah had a bit of an header. And then Vallejo, which was a bit of a weird one, he kind of a, an half volley. He kind of tipped down. Then Hunt kind of headed it up against the post. Not sure if it going in, but again, two things against the woodwork where then it just, just kind of just not going for us, really. What about Vallejo's strike second half? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, they were brilliant. Oh. But let's get out of the business now that pretty much everyone's coming on my uh, feed saying about it. Striking. Uddersfield Town striking. Uh, shambles, really, let's be honest. Danny Ward out again. Calf. We might see him after Stoke. Let's have a read of some of these stats that I've written down, thanks to Poz here. With 16% of our minutes so far, 394 minutes, 2,520. He's got a three-year contract. The guy... He's always kind of had injury problems. He never kind of seems to be, to me, I would, when we signed him, it's not just wise after the event, but he's not what we needed, I don't think. And just him not being out and praise Campbell tonight. Wow. Uh, cost us points tonight, I thought. Awful that. But someone who's been around in the game when he's so long, Fraser Campbell's had big moves. He's never been prolific, but I, to me, his touch is poor. His finishing's poor. He gives poor free kicks away. Yeah, he grafts his balls off. But so what? We could come off the sofa and graft his balls off tonight. In a <laughs> it's awful. We're, we're running with no strikers, are we? And it's embarrassing, really. We're Are you a fan of Campbell's then? Because of what? Every week. Dunny, you couldn't even get a game back in your day, mate. Now you'd be like, first name on shield. <laughs> <laughs> We had, but like back in the day, obviously. I think you've been. I think you're being a bit harsh. I think you're being a bit harsh, hanging him out to dry. I think you've never been a, been a fan, Quinny. But I'm sorry, but someone better than him tonight, and we walk away with some points there. For me, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's it's that clinical side, isn't it? But are we asking a lot of him in the way we play in the system? So I suppose you know, I think he's got a good, got a lot of good attributes. But at the end of the day, we need somebody, as we said earlier, that's just gonna be clinical when they get the chances and he's had enough chances tonight to, to score, hasn't he? Would you um, assign Danny Ward back? Me? Yeah. Um, it's, the problem is, is what, what's out there and it's, everybody's done, he'll know. Like, you ask any manager or team, 
what do you want? And everybody says the same thing. They want a striker who's going to get 20, 25 goals. And they're hard to come by. They're like rocking our shit. They're like rocking our shit. They're hard to come by. And you've got to, sometimes you might have to fall lucky. Who's to say one of the young kids can't step up? I know they're unproven, but um, they're hard, aren't they, Donny? They're hard to come by at any level. Every every team, every team is struggling. You could listen to every podcast, every fan's, what, what, what do we need? We need a striker. We need someone's going to score us 20 goals. There ain't enough of them out there. They're like proper clinical ones that guarantee, I mean, no one can guarantee your goals, but there's not many out there. I mean, Carl and Gra- how many how many prolific strikers have Town thought they had in the last four or five seasons? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. It's a genuine question. Who, who's been the top scorer? Well, Grant, some people would argue Grant really wanted a strike, even though he got a lot of goals. He might like play him out yeah. on the right left, didn't he? But in the end yeah. of the time, and that's all the boom did really prolific. What he was spent a lot of money on strikers, haven't they? Aki Wells for that night mm. in the Bristol shirt, and and really never really convinced, did he? And that as well. But Johnny, you get mad, right? Because other can see the most goals in the division. But I'm kind of feeling the strikers have cost us chance to get points. But they'll say, "Well, hang on a minute, how did you let in 37 goals this year? We're worst defensive division." But do you sometimes think strikers get a, or do you think it's part of the game? I'm a striker. I need to score and. I've just got to take it on the chin. Or do you think sometimes they get an unfair criticism? Oh, strikers. Yeah, I was just. Um, the, the, the truth is, it's a team. It's a, it's a cliche, but it is a team game. And the, the bottom line is, teams that score more goals will win the more games. And that sounds crazily simple, but it's true. And if your defence are letting in goals, and you haven't got a striker scoring them, there's only one outcome. And sometimes in games, it comes down to. So a little bit of luck, scoring the first goal, scoring the first goal, maybe getting a second to, to kill your opponent off. And you need that to um, to progress in a game. But if you know that your defence is leaking, I think strikers do get a little bit edgy if they miss a chance or two, especially early on in the game. If the goals aren't going in and you you kind of know, listen, if I don't score here, the, the odds are we're going we're gonna to concede. Then it comes down to that confidence thing, that panicky thing where you need the manager to step up and, and sort it sort it out as a team. You've got to defend as a team, you attack as a team. You're, you're taught that from a very young age. Everyone's in it together. But it does come down to that little bit of luck. And like Quinny says, if you, everyone wants a striker that's going to score 20 goals a season. There aren't many of them out there. Whereas I think most managers will tell you they'll, they'll, the, the thing to start off with is a strong defence. If you've got a good keeper and a good defence, you've almost got a ch- easy foundations. It's, it's all cliches here, isn't it? But it's, it, there's your foundations. You mustn't let goals in easily. Simple as that. And then you've got to hope your strikers can can carve a chance out, carve an opening out. When they're down on the look, they get something goes in off the shoulder or something. It's yeah, it, football. It's a simple game made really difficult by everybody else. It really is. Yeah. But it and, and it boils down to scoring more than you let in. And if Town aren't scoring, they mustn't let goals in. You know, start off with I think, that. I think the other thing as well is it's potentially the profile of the striker that we need without getting too deep because we're not going to change the system. We're not going to change the way we play, are we? Which is which is good. It's good to see a philosophy. But then you look at the type of striker we might need at times, especially in the championship. And you look at the route Leeds went down with that with Bamford and that type of striker. Again, that even makes it more difficult to recruit somebody that fits into that, doesn't it? So you look at you know you look at the lad who's come off the bench tonight. Is it is it one of them where we give the young lads or a young lad an opportunity up there to get 15 Championship games under his belt before the end of the season? Because you know it's, it's highly highly unlikely that we'll 
couldn't be dragged into relegation, Touchwood. And it's probably, you know, highly unlikely that we're going to, or outside chance we're going to get in the playoffs. So is this an opportunity to give somebody yeah. like that and back somebody? Sorry, Brady, but I'm just going to say, all I hear is physical works out. So what? He's a striker. We are not about working hard. Who said that in the last 10 minutes? Let that go, cousin. No one's mentioned it. Funny, just before that. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I was just going to say, we've been linked with you, Lewis Jukovic. Again, it could be a load of balls in the last couple of days. You're all about the type of striker. So, honestly, there's a lot of time with, with him to come, but I've been seeing what we've seen tonight. You know, that kind of strike. I mean, I don't know if it'd fit the Carlos Bill, but it'd be something nope. a little bit different. And I'd be more confident of him getting more goals than what we're getting at the moment. But that could just be a Who was that? Because I didn't hear that. Who was that? You know, ex, but he played for us in a loan spell, didn't he? We're pretty poor, to be honest with you. People, he's one of, he's hated amongst a lot of town fans, but Birmingham City, I don't think he's getting in much here, you know, with the kind of the Spanish guy in, uh, in charge. So I think he might want to come to another one. But I just wonder whether we will do a bit of business or like you say, Quinny, whether it'll go Kianara and, you know, whether we'll do that. But I just think we've got to try and do something a little bit different. Brady, where do you stand? Is it defence? Tackle both. Where, where's your higher? Well, I want to Campbell had, didn't have a good game tonight, but we can all admit that. But I think you're a bit harsh going in on Ward because, like, I know he's been injury prone, but, you know, he was relatively all right at Cardiff. And, like, that's not, he was meant to be our first choice striker. And he's not really been able to put a run of games together. Again, is that just him being injury prone? Is it Carlos's intense training? Yeah, it's a combination, but I don't think you can write him off yet. But also, I'd add to that, like Campbell wasn't expected to be first choice and he's literally having to play every game. So I think that's what, you know, I get what you're saying, he works hard, but he's never been prolific. But again, I, I think it's like if Ward's in, you know, Campbell wouldn't be playing every single game if Ward was fit. So it's kind of both. And I suppose like Quinny makes a good point, like do you give Kieran Phillips a go? Um, but I, I don't know, like... <sighs> Yeah, like I said, Campbell, Campbell didn't play, you right. know, should have scored one of them. But they're all they're all kind of half chances and like whipped in. And I do think, you know, if he's not running himself into the ground every game and he can rotate with Ward, I think we might, you know, he might get on the end of one of them. Um, but I do I do think, going back to what like Donny said in the cliche, like defence, we can see the most goals in the league. Like we just give the goal, goals away so easily. And that's what costs you points. Like the second half was fantastic. You know, like... You, <laughs> We did everything but get the equaliser, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter if we concede in, you know, shipping goals left, right, and centre. And I think that's that's the problem. You know, like you said, build strength. I think you're probably right, Brady. I think I'm just being a bit frustrated just because of the game. And you hate him, man. You can't you really. Campbell so much. There's no point getting mad on someone who's. <laughs> if someone's never been prolific, I suppose I'm, I'm arguing against myself here. But someone's never been prolific. But are they going to change them? I suppose my argument is maybe with the powers that be. It works hard though, because it works hard. It works hard. <laughs> <laughs> but he's never been prolific. Ward's, Ward's always been injured prone. He'll never give you many games in the season. So I suppose for me to be shouting that he's not playing, like I said, if he minutes on the pitch and playing. But anyway, let's get to the people who know that they're on about here. Some comments. So Damien Wales, tonight's game shows what happens when you don't have a proper number nine up top. Mounier scores that Campbell chance. Maybe unpopular opinion, but not a fan of Vallejo. Disappointing, but we move on. Pete Swallow conceding goals after after poor defending and failing to convert. Good chances into goals will send us into free fall in the table. Ponty Terrier, we need to sign a striker. Pete Collins, great second half performance especially. The goals will come. Bristol are garbage, but we've got six points of us. But Pete, yeah, I won't impress with him neither. 
uh, James Bairam. There's no way we'll pay the money for the kind of strike required in the team. They need to be able to do so many things well and quickly. HGFC, uh, good performance after gifting them two goals. Most goals conceded in the Championship and toothless up top. I nearly said that without any teeth there. A bit like when <laughs> Noah Blake had, had butted you, don't he? You know, when your teeth falling out, mate. Yeah, you're missing that one. Hosa, problems of scoring goals, as mentioned before, the ball was kicked. And, and it's been proven that even with our five strikers, I think it's an irony there, he's letting us down badly this season. Uh, Andy Shoot uh, for Paul. Question for you, Paul, yeah? And a couple of town fans who live near Tad. Frequent Techosalbian from time to time, and it's a bad venue. Nothing to do with being surrounded by three breweries that have shed loads of pubs. <laughs> remember them days when we could go in a pub? Do you remember that? Well, last time you were on, I think, you were drinking at Hard Tower of York, yeah, with me uh, Coca-Cola in hand, of course. Just a cheap GoPro, wasn't it? Done it, did that? We can start another one of them out. Love a walk and a beer. <laughs> Neil on the head there, works his ass off, but doesn't put points on the board. Goals do. Uh, I would give Phillips a go, HTFC. Terry Mulek, do you see any chance for Ward? Wouldn't be shocked if his training is reduced like we did with Vaughan in the past. Does Fraser Gamble work hard? Because he well, yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah, it's so frustrating, Paul. And I just think, you know, second half, we couldn't have done any more, really. I mean, their keepers saved, like you mentioned earlier, from Vallejo were pretty outstanding, really, and as well. And let's talk about our goal, because that was class, wasn't it? I really loved what we did there. Rolando Arons, he's given us little glimpses, isn't he? Only little bits, but he's got that arrogant swagger, hasn't he, of a guy who, to me, could be... You could see why he kind of ripped up at Newcastle that early part of his career, but I'm liking what I've seen. His goal... I mean, obviously, Bakuna's tapping, but fantastic goal, wasn't it? Yeah, good, good move. I think I, I, I thought Bakuna was poor first half. I think he, I think I thought he was very, very quiet, and then I thought he sprung to life second half. Oh, I was really impressed with him um, second half, and you know, right place, right time. But yeah, great bit of skill from from him. And I think he, I think it's one of them. I listened to Stearman's, um interview pre-match, and he was just saying about obviously coming to the side and new player and. Um, you know, you always get the same cliches that it's going to take time to settle in. But I think with the way that Town play and the way that Carlos sets the team up, I think it genuinely will take a lot of players a bit more time to get used to probably the physical demands of it, because obviously that's well reported in terms of what's required, but the way they play as well. Um, so I think as time goes on, I think he'll get stronger and stronger. And as you said, saw glimpses of it tonight. Um, and he, he's got something about him, hasn't he? 1v1, he looks like he's going to go past somebody. Um, when he's got Toffolo bombing on alongside him as well, look a real threat. So, um, yeah, no, it was really, really nice bit of play. And it probably wasn't the only bit either. You know, it just fortunate enough that one got finished off. And there were numerous other occasions, weren't there, where they were really good build-up, but just didn't didn't take the opportunity. But, like, you come away from that as a town fan, you think, you know, I, I know we all hate losing and, you know, you're pissed off when you lose and stuff, but you, you can't, nobody can come away from that thinking... We haven't played well, or we haven't put in a good performance. It was, you know, it's, it was good to watch, barring the result, wasn't it? It was. Wow, Quinny, there were a question for you actually. I've got to say, when Andy Shute were on about Tadcaster pubs, I thought, is that there's no question here? But I haven't read it, but I'm a oh. bit blind tonight. So the question is, Andy, what's the latest on the new ground? Can you share anything, Tadcaster Albion? Um, well, it's it's difficult. I think I've, they've got funds in place to to build the new facility, but. It's all dependent on what happens with the season. I mean, if, if our season gets completely sacked off at this point, I think they'll, they'll start putting shovels in the ground and get on with it. But um, they can't do anything really until we know about the season. So we're going to have a brand new facility, new clubhouse, new 
uh, stand opposite the river. It's all going to be raised and flood proof because as probably people know our grounds notorious for getting flooded at this time of year, so which is never going to stop. Uh, but they just need to flood proof the, the main facilities, really, which is like the changing facilities. And so they've got funds in place, but it's just a question of when rather than if. So yeah, it's, it's exciting times. We're moving in the right direction and um, it's, been, it's been good. It's just frustrating. Just at our level, obviously, um, same with York now. York performance that category. We've been suspended for a couple of weeks. It's, it's just stop start all the time. And it's just so frustrating for us as like, managers and players. And, you know, a lot of the lads Are as well. How are you finding it, trying to keep the lads motivated, keep them... What do you do? Do you, do you phone them? How do you keep in touch with them? And I'm just interested because, you yes. know, York has exactly the same problem and I know they're full-time, but they can't, they can't meet up. They can't. I don't no. think they can train. It's hard, mate. It's hard. And, like, you know, without going into too much details, a couple of our players have been struggling, like, mentally as well, you know, because yeah. they're not a massive... A lot of ours aren't on massive money. They're not on the money that some of the, the other, other clubs are, but, you know, the, the Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I met the way back up the pyramid. We've got lads who have like come out of the pro game that are trying to get back in it and trying to get a bit some exposure. And uh, You know, they live for football and like, yeah. I, you know, like, like I do, I live yeah. and breathe it, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're trying to keep in touch. With, like The last lockdown we had October, we did a lot of stuff online, a lot of Zoom sessions. We did a lot of like watching footage and that type of thing, sort of three times a week. But it's a bit different now because... We've got nothing to work towards, done it, but we don't know when we're going to be back. So, yeah. you know, we can be doing three times a week on online and things, but when you've got nothing to work to, towards, it's, it's a bit more of a challenge. So, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult, mate. It's really, really difficult. But, you know, what can you do? It's just just a bonkers situation, isn't it? We'll talk a little bit about kind of non-league situation uh, later on. Uh, I'll just kind of finish with the town uh, thing. So, Brady, I asked, kind of saw a couple of people saying earlier, I'm on a couple of WhatsApp groups saying you stop Pippa and Toffolo stop town, but I didn't think that tonight. I thought there were a lot more going on than just just the fullbacks. I, I was kind of encouraged by that because I have kind of thought, yeah, Carlos maybe been found out with the way we play, but there were a lot of variety. And at the end, there were so many players bombing forward. It were carnage, really. I was like thinking, how would you even try and tackle that as an opposition manager? But yeah, I, I were very heartened, even though we've lost and kind of not bring on Stoke, but I'm looking forward to Saturday more. But to be honest, I didn't expect much tonight, but we, we didn't get anything, but we got a lot more in the way in performance. No, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I, I've got to be honest, when it when it was 2-0 at half-time, I was, you know, I was worried because given, you know, we just can't seem to buy a win. But again, like, I'm sure most town fans agree, like, you see that second-half performance and you're like, you know, like I say, the only thing we, we didn't do right was put the, put the ball back in the net for the second goal, for the equaliser. I mean, 
that you can tell because as soon as the full-time whistle went, you could see Bristol players were just relieved because they know they got away with it. Um, and it, it is encouraging. Like, like you say, Stoke, I mean, Stoke are a difficult side, but, um, you know, it's home. We tend to do better at home and you feel a lot more positive for it. I think it's just, yeah, you could just, we could just do with a win, you know, just obviously I, I don't, we've talked about it before. I don't think we're going to do a hole and sink like a stone, but it'd just, just be nice to get a win sooner rather than later, just so it kind of eases, you know, calms the pressure down a little bit. And uh, a few people saying the whole thing, but I think it's an easy thing to throw out as, as that as well. But I think the big thing I mentioned the other week, they sold their two best players, didn't they? So um, I don't think that helps as we know when Marcus Stewart uh, disappeared. So moving on, it's hardly a surprise because we talked about it last week, but Dwayne Holmes is back in Huddersfield's shirt. Now I put a little poll out this morning on uh, Twitter poll. And to be fair, I was quite surprised with it because I'm in a bit of a meh camp of an, on his uh, re-arrival. 69% are really pleased that he's back. 31% are a bit kind of meh on it on that as well. And uh, Quinny, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because to me, if he's going to be... I mean, you can't do any worse than Alex Pritchard, who's been a disaster, haven't he, really? But if he's going to play as the kind of the playmaker... A lot of pressure on him now. He's not kind of obviously before there were low expectations, kind of come through the ranks and stuff. And anything we yeah. got out of him was a bonus. He's come back in, obviously going to be a better player. It's a big ask for him. Are you, are you pleased to see him back? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's. I think it could be a good sign. I think it's fresh impetus in that area. Um, and as you've said there, he's coming back a lot more experienced, isn't he? He's, I don't know how many he'll have played now, but I bet he's played over 150 games now. Um, so he'll be coming back a lot more experienced than he was in his first visit. So, yeah, I think, you know, proof will be in the pudding, but um, they'll assign him for a reason. And I think, you know, you can't, it's difficult, like, outside looking in, there'll be a rationale behind it as well. And you've got to trust, sometimes you've got to, and I do, I do think we are heading in the right direction on and off the pitch as a club. I think, I think there's some good things that are happening. I think we've got a clear philosophy and, um, you know, you've got, you've got to back people that are representing your club, aren't you? And I think, um They'll have done it for the right reason. He's got to come in and do the business, haven't they? And, and, you know, there's no reason why next season we can't be right up there trying to get back into the Premier League. I think this year is all about that identity and getting that together with a new manager. And then next season, let's have a crack at it. But, um, yeah, I, I certainly hope he does come in and do well. And every player that's on sign, I sort of like, maybe I'm just looking at rose-tinted glasses. Or I'm hoping yeah. to come in and make an impact. I'm with you, mate. I've seen a lot of people kind of saying... Now, I've been kind of fighting a few on Twitter tonight saying, oh, you know, we should stay up and this and that. I'm just thinking, what can we do to kind of have that crack at that top six? My head's not about going down at all. It's almost like, I think we're probably good enough. We're not that far away from having a crack at the six and, you know, maybe not with the worst defence in the championship, but but it just needs a little bit of tweaking. And I don't think it will be kind of far away on that as well. Brady Dwayne Holmes, does he uh, excite you, mate? On his return, the the thing that you'll always say with him is bags of energy, bags of enthusiasm. His interviews that he gave the other day, they were like a kid on it. I just got a scholarship or something at club. That you, that's what the kind of what Carlos wants, doesn't it? Players with energy, enthusiasm, and, and positive players. And I think Dwayne Holmes fits that bill, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I I, I think it's good signing, um, especially with my team being out for the season. Um, you know, like. Uh, Quinny touched on it there. Like he's got experience. He's played in the championship, you know, for a couple of seasons now. And I think again, we've got we've got an article coming out, out about him tomorrow. I spoke to a couple of Derby fans. But exclusive. Can you give us an exclusive? exclusive. Well, they were just so basically the reason. Obviously, Derby are in a lot of trouble at the moment, but 
the reason he kind of fell out was he he kept he can play in lots of different positions and he get kept getting put out out wide on the right um, and he wants to play in the centre mid because that's where he thinks he's best now if you look at that from a tactical perspective so it's really boring but th- that's the kind of that's the area we need we need an extra midfielders to give us a bit of energy and I think I, I want it to work because he's a nice guy and I think it is good to have a players from the local area know some of the lads like he talked about how he knows Hoggy and you know how Hoggy's improved his game because of Corbrand so I think that helps like having someone who actually knows the club well and cares about it but also I think it's interesting with all the signings for me so far in this window because they all have a point to prove you know you look at Aaron's great player but had loads of injuries so has a point to prove Keo can he still cut it in the championship after that injury got a point to prove same with Danny Grant, same with sort of Thomas, two up and young come players. And I think it's the same with Holmes. Like he's had a couple of injuries, but he's not played in his favourite position, but he will get that at town. And I, I think he, he can work well. You know, I, I just, we were chatting on the preview pod and David Hartrick made the good point. You know, an on-form hog O'Brien and Dwayne Holmes as a midfield is a good championship midfield. And yeah, I think, yeah, I wish well for that. Weird that he picked the number nine shirt. But um, yeah, I think it could work out well. It's just, again, I think the the doubts are his injury record. He keeps getting lots of niggly injuries. And um, again, as a midfield as a whole, that's quite a small midfield. But again, it doesn't really matter for Carlos' style. You know, you're a perfect man to ask, really, because points to prove God, you know, kind of from non-league to league to other sort of town and stuff. Obviously, the story's been well documented. But, how, you know, when you're hungry to prove people wrongly, because be, Wayne Rooney, I think, he didn't mention him by name, but there were a few disparaging quotes like, we need to get people out who aren't committed. He might as well have mentioned him, in my opinion. So he's kind of, how, how much is it, you know, when you kind of maybe come into a club and you really, you know, want to kind of prove and everything and that's on, you want to be there, you kind of know the club from before, what what will that do, you know, kind of with the energy-wise and things? Anyone that's a, a footballer, you, when you go to your new club, unless you're, you're a bit of a, bit of a tool, you know, when you go to your new, it's true, isn't it? You get them. But most players, when they get to the new club, they want to impress. First of all, they've got to settle in. Um, he's got an advantage in that he knows the club inside out already. And he's got, a, you know, I mentioned Hoggy there. Uh, you'll know a few of them. But you still want to impress them all. You want to get into training. He's, he's gone away. He's gained a whole load of experience elsewhere. He's moved for quite a bit of money. Um he should have a bit about him. He should bring a bit, a bit about him, you know, to the team. A bit of confidence, hopefully. I know he's not had the greatest of times at Derby recently, but he'll come in. I think he'll come. It's got to be. I think it's a decent signing. You know, he did all right for town. He's gone away and done not too bad. But he probably thinks he could do better. And and they're the kind of players you want. Hopefully, he's that player that he wants to come in and, and prove that he has improved since town town fans last saw him. And um, and hopefully. Hopefully he's thinking that he's better placed at Huddersfield Town for a bit of success than than lingering with Derby. You know, if you don't want to play wide right or whatever, fair enough. At least he's made that decision. See what? At least he'll get his wages paid on time, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's that. Yeah, that's the real reason. But no, it's it's true. He'll, he'll want to come in. He'll want to impress, and and you know. And this is the thing when you sign a new player. Quinny probably a better place than, than me to say it. When you sign a new player. You, you hope you get a little bit of bounce off him and what you want is him to come in and, and hit the ground running and hopefully the rest of the players look up and, and, and get a bit off him as well. Um, that's why you bring new players in. You, you're trying to improve your squad, improve your team, especially when things aren't quite going to plan and you think you need a bit of reinforcement. 
hopefully he comes in with a bit of confidence, training starts getting lively, gets in the team and, and hopefully has a good little spell with Huddersfield Town again. So, Quinnia, do you agree with that? Just kind of, you know, obviously you brought a lot of players in and in your time and stuff. What, what do you look for, you know, when instant impact or is it a little bit kind of different at your level maybe than, because uh, Dwayne Holmes is going to it really? For me. Yeah, I think... Um, as done as alluded to, you, you need to you need to know what a player's coming for, and I don't mean mon- just the money side of it. What what's their motivation to come to Huddersfield Town, or you know, in my instance, come to our club? And you know, think of a lad we signed in the summer, Bailey Thompson, we signed from Tranmere, and the remit with him was he wanted to come to us, prove himself at senior level, score some goals, and get himself a move, and that was why he came. And we we both got off on the right footing with that. We knew what he wanted. We we told him exactly what we needed from him. He was happy with that. So we had like a mutual agreement right from day one. There were no sort of, you know, ambiguity in terms of what, or being unclear in terms of what was happening. And he come in, done well, and got himself a move. And I think you, you just need, you need to make sure that the players are there for the right reasons. And of course, money is going to be important. Like that's what makes the world go round. You've got to make that happen for people and you've got to be competitive with the league you're in. But you need people coming that genuinely want to come to the club, genuinely want to do well for themselves, whatever reason and you look at the motivation of um Keo coming in, you know, he's probably wanting to prove a point coming towards back in his career, gone down to League One, he's good enough to play in championship. He's thinking, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to come in and influence a club. You look at Dwayne Holmes, you're thinking, right, I've been on the periphery a bit of Derby. I want to reignite my career here. And I would imagine Town have had those conversations with him. Come here, get yourself back on the map, you know, get yourself playing regular again in position you want to do. And, I think if you know that person, you know, whatever business you're in, not whether it's football or not, I think if you know what that person's after and what motivates and what's going to drive them, I think you've got a chance of being successful, haven't you? And um, whatever level you're at, I think that's important, that sort of relationship. And I don't know, Dunny, from your experience as a, as a player, like in terms of that. It's interesting what you said there, Quinny, about the, you know, the lad you've signed and, and he's, been, he's been honest with you, hasn't he? And, and you yeah. know, you know that. You know, with all due respect, if it's a young lad, they want to come on and go on and do better. But the beauty of that is if you know that's what he wants and that's what's motivating him and, and he's going to try his absolute nuts off to get what he wants, you're going to benefit as well, aren't you? 100%. It's a, it's, it's a, simple, it's a simple concept. So Dwayne Holmes has got designs on playing at a higher level. If it's not for town, then if he's that kind of motivated player that thinks he can, then if he puts the hard yards in, and he gets his move, then everyone's happy. You know, yeah. town might have had a good year or two out of him. He's only, what is he, 26? Yeah. Well, somebody yeah. who epitomises that for me at moments, Lewis O'Brien. Like, the way he plays for town and the way they've got him playing and the energy he brings to the team, he's playing as if every single minute and every single game, his life depends on it because he's been yeah. given a great opportunity, hasn't he? he was Bradford then comes into Huddersfield, gets a couple of starts, and then all of a sudden he's playing a pivotal role in the team. Yeah. His career could go through the roof, couldn't it? Um you know, that's, that's, hopefully, that's at, me, like. hopefully at town, you, you always hope it's going to be at your club, don't you? But all I'm saying is that the point is when a new when a player comes in and he's got he's motivated and he thinks he can do better. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's different. I, that you said there, uh, Keo Keo got dumped really. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know the full story about that with his with the car and all that a couple of years ago. But he's he was clearly dumped by Derby. He's gone away. He's he's resurrected his, his career. He probably knows he can play at a higher level. His motivation might be different. He might be thinking he wants to prove that he can be a good championship player and maybe, maybe even get Huddersfield Town back up into the top league. You know, he's 30, yeah. well, he was 33. 
he's probably not thinking I'll do well at Tampa two years then sign for Liverpool. That ain't going to happen. But his motivations will be different from a younger lad. But that it's what you want as a manager. You want everyone's going to have a different motivation. But as long as they're all going in the positive direction and they're not just coming for the money, um, then the club's going to benefit one way or the other. Interesting times. Uh, we wish him well. And uh, yeah, I don't think it'd be long till he kind of gets a start. I think what was I saying? I don't think he'd train much or something that he wasn't kind of involved tonight, but wouldn't surprise me at all uh, to see you know, involved on Saturday. And uh, Sauber Thomas, another guy who were on the bench tonight. I think there were rumours he were going to go straight to Arrogate, but I don't think that's kind of happened and that as well. But obviously, he's bet his two rooms shut. He's probably, uh, he can't even get there now and that as well. But no, interesting stuff. So we kind of just discussed a little bit earlier on about obviously non-league kind of season coming to an all, but I just want to mention first York City, uh, Dunny, because who than present for town fans, I think it'll always hold some amazing memories. Obviously, we, we can never forget the one where the firework incident, and you've, you've mentioned this a few times, but I don't know what it is with that ground. It's beautiful. It's a brilliant city, obviously, anyway, to have a drink and the away end. I know it had seen better days the ground, but legendary and Obviously, we had that amazing yeah. win under Jacko a few years later when we, in the season that we got promoted. And I don't know if anyone's seen it. I think hopefully a lot of people have. But it was an amazing video done. And uh, I think it went on for about three mm-hmm. minutes and a bit of an aerial shots. And they interviewed some of kind of the, the died in the wool York City people. And anyone who was obviously were part of the, uh, you know, this, when Leeds Road finished will, could really resonate. And... Yeah. It's really sad, and, it, and it, I think what's more sadder, Dunny, is like it's just the way it's kind of gone because obviously no fans, a bit like Brentford, they've said goodbye to something that they can never yeah. kind of see again. It's been a bit of a mismatch and it moving to the new stadium, but I just think football ground is God. It's like some of the people saying the video, it's, it's their lives, it's where yeah. they kind of meet people, it's their release, and it's just a sad way for it to go, Boom Crescent, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it was a real good video. There's a guy, a lad called, um, he's a young lad actually, the media guy at York City called Dan Simonite, and he'd been working on it for a year. Because I think he's obviously he's seen this coming. And I think that the reality of the ground going, um, I think everyone thought, oh, new grounds is going to be brilliant. And, and for maybe a couple of years ago, no one actually thought about the fan who had that, what you've just said. You know, it's Booth and Crescent. It, it's like a second home to football fans. It just is. You know, people have grown up there. They've, met, like you say, they've met lifelong friends just going to Booth and Crescent. And it's the same for town. It's the same with Leeds Road. So, but talk about Booth and Crescent. It it is an old ground. It's it's seen some highs. It's seen some terrible lows. You know, we had um, one of my mates died on the pitch there, David Longhurst. You know, the stand was called the David Longhurst stand. It was it was horrible. But they've also had some massive highs at City. Um, and, you know, York City, you know, they never got designs on getting into the Premier League, but they were always a very, very solid, you know, uh, old English third and fourth division side who got into the second division in the 70s, you know, which is now the championship. They had a spell there. So it holds a lot of history. And, and that video just encapsulated everything for me. It was really good, really well put. And, and the people that, that he spoke to were, were ideal, you know. The one thing that amazed me, done is when, when it went in kind of the function room, because we, we're all used to these amazing kind of function suites. And Yeah, you don't know, like, you don't know where you live in. Tea room, <laughs> on it. Yeah. I mean, that, that were like function room, man. As you know, I've been doing a little bit of commentary work for, for, for the Beep and... Um, Mainly for Radio York, so doing doing a lot of the York City games, and you've got your Booth and Crescents and all that. 
And then, of course, I was lucky enough to get up to do a, 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 um, a Huddersfield game, which was dropping, dropping the bomb. It was, it was all Trafford. I did, you know, I got invited to do the Man United Huddersfield game on Boxing Day a couple of years ago. And from me personally, so I've gone, you know, I've gone from, Quinny <laughs> will tell you, I've gone from, <laughs> you wouldn't expect that it's where York City are at the moment. It's just un, unfortunate. But I've gone from some rage calls to Old Trafford in four days. I mean, I did Old Trafford on Boxing Day. On the 29, I was at Blythe Spartans. I mean, you talk about corporate entertainment and looking at, oh my, it's a world, it's a world away. But Boozum Crescent, yeah, it, listen, it, it, it's, it holds a lot of memories, good and bad, but to be really honest, it's that video, it's done its justice, it's done its bit, but it's it's done its time now because it's it really has it's been, it's been going for ten years you know oh, it should have been it should have been out five years ago that's the brutal truth I, mean, uh, I won't go into all the I won't go into everything why it hasn't happened but it hasn't uh, and it's almost you know atypical that when they do finally get to move you know there's no flipping fans can go and watch it you know it's and, and well now there's not not even any football to play on it so. It's really, it's a perfect storm of, of almost disaster for City, really. You know, they're a full-time team, they're paying full-time wages, desperate to get out of the league they're in, uh, and no fans, and, and now no football. And I'm sure there'll be a few worried faces, worried people at the club at the moment. I am, when looking, looking, you know, the little bits of snippets I hear, and you think, you Why has it stopped on it when you were playing? And is it just because the COVID's got really bad? Or is there some funding... Am I right in saying that the the funding's kind of stopped now or something? What what is the reason why not why it's stopped for two weeks? Well, again, again, um, you know, I don't say this as gospel, but money came in, didn't it, from well, from the AFL or the government? So all the clubs got a, a share of the money to try and maintain their their livelihoods, the wages, the running of the club. Um, and at the time, they weren't told that if it happened again, so i.e the third lockdown, the, the money, obviously they haven't had conversations. No one's been clever enough to, to, to look into the future and think this could happen again, which it has. Um, and they've, again, don't, don't quote me, but I believe that now if they, if they get the money, it's a loan. So they've got to pay it back. So you, you're borrowing, you're talking clubs, that, I mean, York will struggle to do it. But you're talking about other clubs that are literally, you know, they're selling raffle tickets to pay the wages, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of money flying, you know, I say a lot of money. At this level, there's a lot of money flying around. You would be absolutely amazed what some of these lads are earning part-time. Um, not York City, York, York are full-time. Um, that's another problem for City, the part-time players, you know, with the jobs are, are doing better than the full-time players financially. Um, and it's a, it's a major issue for York because they want to maintain professional status. They want to maintain full-time status. How do you tell a lad that that's maybe a financial advisor earning 60 grand, 80 grand a year and 500 quid a week for someone to, to come and play for York City full-time for even a £1,000 a week? It, it, you'd have to have rocks in your head to do that. So York have got a lot of problems financially and, and this really isn't helping. Um, that's the negatives. The positive is the new ground is absolutely spanking. You know, once they, if, assuming it, they do get there and there's football to be played, um, it will put, um, yeah, put a lot of league clubs to shame, to be honest. It is really, they've done a really good job. Um, but I'm ready for it, because I think going right back to the start of this conversation, 
Bills and Crescent was brilliant. It's been, it's been, it served the club well. It served the city well, but it was, it was on its legs. It was yeah. done. I think that's the thing, done. No, no one's going to put in it. There's no point repairing something that you're moving out to. And like you said, it's been such a botched job getting out oh. of there and in, in the new yeah. stadium at Huntington. And it's just like, I yeah. think the only thing that I'm, I'm not the, on the geographics, but it's not really walkable, is it, from the city centre, or is it? Is it or is it more of a bus? And that, that's what I no, as a fan. I don't. These out of town ones are frustrating, really. I'm not saying I knew where they were going to move it, but you see over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just over there. <laughs> so now we know where to move there. Are you going to be doing commentary from your from your room, mate? Yeah. I did the other week. We did the other week. Don't don't joke. We did. We watched it on iFollow and and commentated live on radio. I'm just lucky, actually. Assuming they, they still want me to do it, I'm a mile down the road. It's absolutely perfect for me. But that is, I'm being facetious. Really, it is yeah. Listen, the location isn't ideal because where Booth and Crescent was was in the middle of the city. You could get to it from everywhere, basically. You know, if you were at yeah. East Side of York, it's dead, dead. No parking, but easy to get to. Um, away fans, get off the train. Ten-minute walk, you're at Booth and Crescent. What a day, Dudley. What a day. <laughs> in exhibition, Booth and Tavern, I can see you a lot there in red and white streets and city in the red. Oh, wow. you know, yeah, so new stadium isn't as easy to get to, but listen, that, that's football, isn't it? Yeah, know, you know, lots of out of town grounds are like that, so I'll get used to it. Quinny, how uh, much are you missing football? When was the last time you played? And I do kind of feel a bit shortchanged at kind of your level at the pyramid that there's been a bit of cash, like say, thrown at even like a National League North, but down after that, you know, I kind of watched a bit of Scarborough and stuff, and they feel betrayed really a little bit that they've just been forgotten about and there's been crap leadership from the league and stuff like that as well and it's so frustrating really and there's players that go, maybe going on loan now to other teams just who are still playing and it's a bit of a shambles really isn't it but I mean I suppose it's COVID in it and it's a tough one man. yeah I mean I'll probably keep my own views on COVID to myself because you know I'm just I'm probably like everyone else I'm just sick to back teeth of it now it's just it's just crazy in it the whole situation and we have, like, from our perspective, going to what Dunny was saying about, we did get offered some money, but it was loans. And there's no way that clubs are going to put themselves in that financial difficulty um, with a loan. It's just not going to work. If, if it was a grant, then it's a different situation. And like with the National League clubs, they had grants to start with. And now there's this um, thing around, it, oh, now it's going to be loans. And, you know, clubs are going to be looking at that and saying, well, we can't make that commitment. You know, you're going to be putting clubs out of business if you're asking them to pay that sort of money back when they're running month to month anyway it's just it's just not going to work um, so yeah it's frustrating right? I mean I, you have got to take a step back and perspective and people losing their lives and a lot more important things than football going on but football is important to a lot of people you know not just those right. that are playing it's supporters you know how much yeah. are, how much are people missing going to a ground and watching a oh, game yeah. and so I, for me for me I, I think personally I think that it, as long as they get the things right around the ground I think you can do it safely and you, and it's limited risk with it being outside. And you know, you look at you look at the lads that are playing the game now at the pro level and touch wood, there's, there's not many of them being severely, severely affected, i.e., you know, well, on inter intensive care or you know, I'm not saying I'm not downplaying the virus at all, but you know, it, it, we're working with a low risk group, and particularly what pisses me off more than anything, pardon my language, is the youth football when it got uh, boshed off uh, in the second lockdown. I just thought it was completely unnecessary that they let youth football go. You know, kids have got very little to do anyway at the moment. They're not at school. You know, there's no reason for me why they can't be going and playing 
5v5, 7v7 on a Sunday morning with a few parents watching outside. I just think I just think we're on dodgy ground with with the long-term implications of not, you know, we're talk, I know we're talking about football, Huddersfield Town Championship, but we've got to remember as well, grassroots, what football means yeah. to people that are playing it at grassroots yeah. as well. And, Quinny, do you think that, there's a question coming in, it's a good one, do you think elite sports should be exempt from lockdown? It's a controversial one, isn't it? And kind of money's talking really, isn't it? Then obviously in the first lockdown, there were no football and stuff when we were kind of getting to grips with COVID, but what's your view on that? I mean, it's a moral, it's a bit of an odd one and Big Sam had his say, didn't he? And a few of us. Yeah. yeah but if, there's um, no, if there's no football now, what, what is there for everybody? Exactly. And and it's and nothing. let's be brutally honest, brutally honest. I mean, football is is the most watched sport. Yeah. People up and down the country, you almost need it because you take that away. Take that away. Take your match of the day away. Take your, your foot, your live football. Take your eye follow away. Take everything away. There's a I mean, there's a gap anyway in people's lives. Take that away, and it's a vacuum. What are you going to do? I, I look forward to watching. I'll watch just about anything I can for free. You know, I'm half Yorkshire, half Scottish. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you're looking forward to this summer to look, at least something to look forward to. But with Quinny as well, like grassroots football, the longer term implications of that, and I know, like, yeah, I'm, you can't downplay the COVID thing. It's 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 an absolute, it's a, it's a proper disaster that we're all, yeah. we're all suffering from in one way or the other. But there's ways and means of, of trying at least to keep some sorts of spirits up. And but at elite football, listen, if we can't keep grassroots football, at least keep the elite football. There's enough money in that game to sustain itself. Um, they can do tests. But for me, this is, might be controversial because there's you know people dying in it. It isn't funny. It's it's absolutely it is a crisis. But oh, give the players what they need to keep performing because it is it's an entertainment and you know a lot of entertainment our people's lives have gone you know look at the theatre you can't go to that it's indoor it's, it's you know you're risking it you can't go to a football match but you can watch it on TV and these footballers you know they get paid a fortune and, and they're, they're privileged people but we rely on them you know I slag them off when they're you know some of them that you think they're not trying and they're not worth the millions they're getting paid but I look forward to every weekend when there's a game. I look forward to most oh. nights when there's a game. Do you, think, do you think we'll see full stadiums ever again? As in, like, you know, you talk oh. about Boovum Crescent when the packs behind the goal. Do you think we'll ever see that again? Tell you what, Quinny, it gives me a lot of watching Australia and New Zealand sport because I mean, they're not they're not full. Some of the states are a bit hit and miss now, but that gives me a lot of art still watching that. The, that big bash this morning, the people in there, it, it mm-hmm. almost feels a different world. It feels like. I mean, obviously, it's another subject for another day. The border's locked and all this lot, but I do. But I think it could be still a long time away from that. I think, think. I think we're. I think well. I don't think people are daring to talk about how long away that is. You know, you think it's going to happen because of the vaccine and that, but that rollout ain't going to. You know, you've got to hit everyone. Everyone's got to have a vaccine, and that's a big ask. It's going to be a big, t- big challenge for the government to get that out there. Um, and then, then you're thinking. Is it a yearly thing? You know, do you have to do it yearly? And then what do you do? do you, does everyone have a certificate to say they've had the vaccine? Because you might be sat next to my father-in-law who's 83, might be sat next to a 13-year-old kid who, who's, you know, nobody knows the answer. There's too many questions to answer a question like that because you want to see these stadiums full, but think back, you know, just a year. Tens of thousands of people cramped into one area. Yes, it's outdoor, but you got to get there and you got to get out and you get in the gangways 
this virus breeds, you know, I'm no doctor, a scientist or an expert or anything, but, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, cough, spit or whatever, or even shout now, and you can catch it. It's not just sitting down and watching the game, is it? It's getting in and out of the ground. It's so true what you say, though, Donny, because people say to me, oh, don't feel, I don't feel like it's a lockdown like the first one because this sport, I know it, it sounds exactly. a daft thing to say, but that's why, because they've got, as much as it's crap not being able to go, at least you've got that sort of falter, as much as it frustrates us, like what's happened at the town night. Yeah. You know yeah. you've got a game to come or uh, something to Probably. talk about like this. And yeah, being grateful for small mercies, isn't it? Yeah. It, it feels that way, there's something. You take that away. And you, t- I know, I know, lots of people are suffering that don't. You know, people, people will watch this that don't like football. Well, why should they have it? But there's a lot of people watch football in this country. It's a football mad country. So it's the it's the main sport. You take that away, and the vacuum is it would be huge. And you know, I think I'm 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 managing quite well. But I've had football to look forward to and to watch, and that's my passion. But there's millions of me in Britain. We're all here. You know, everyone on this on this podcast. You just wonder as well, don't you, if people are going to, or some people might fall out of the habit of going to a match as well, you know, in terms of they go every Saturday and then they think, you know... Some, yeah, some people, again, you know? some people are going to have a genuine fear yeah. of going because yeah. they, they'll be scared. You know, Maybe the older generation will think twice about, do I really want to risk it? Because, you know, the fear of God has been put into us all about this, this the way it, it, it can be you know, transmitted and that. So there'll be a lot of people, right? Yeah. Stop yeah. going. Really? Looking forward to that day though, when a goal when a goal goes in and somebody runs towards the crowd and yeah. you know, it's just you can't beat it, can you? Whether you're in the crowd, whether you've scored the goal, whether you're oh, a manager, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. it's not the same as it with an empty, empty stadium. Have you got the last word on it, mate? What's your kind of view on what we've Oh no, I completely agree with these lads like I, I, you know, I think whenever I can go back in the John Smith, so I might cry. Like, I just, I don't know when it's coming, but like, I just, I was talking to my friend about it the other day. Like, I miss the guy behind me shouting crap for 90 minutes, you know, like, I, I never thought I'd say that, but you just, yeah. you just do. Like, and, you know, they hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, obviously football's not for everyone, but uh, it just, it means so much to so many people. And like, especially with like Quinny's team and stuff like that, it means a lot to the communities as well. And, I think yeah. it does make you appreciate how, you know, how, how much we've missed. And, you know, obviously this just sounds like we're ending it on a bit of a down note, but, you know, thinking positive, you know, like you said, there's, there's people in other countries, less said about our government, but, um, you know, there will be a time when we can all get back in. And I suppose that's what you just got to keep thinking. We There will, you know, we will, don't know when, but we can get back yeah. in and bloody yeah. hell, I can't, I can't wait for it. <laughs> I think the longer we see football on TV, the, the nearer it feels that you're going to get. You know what I mean? If, if, if it just stopped, I think we'd feel an awful lot further behind that day happening. But the fact they're keeping it going and they'll work it out. Listen, uh, yeah, let's be positive. We'll we'll we'll, it, will, it will turn. It will turn. And when it does, it'll be one hell of a... Everyone will... Nobody will take anything for granted. But it will turn. It's got to be a bit patient. We're coming to yours, mate. We're going to have a good session in your house and then we'll just nip across the road and watch, yeah. We can walk down. <laughs> we can walk down with a tin. We can walk down with a tin of cars. How's that? <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's a bit of a late night uh, session and shame the result didn't go our way, but I think it's quite a lot of positives and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a result against Stoke and back on next week, uh, smiling and uh, dreaming again. So, yeah, cheers. <laughs> Thank you.
There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white. They're a team of renown. They're the pride of the town. And the game of football is their delight. And all the while upon the field of play, thousands loudly cheer them on the way. Often you can hear them say. Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every goal shall be a memory. So town, play up and bring that cup back to others. So town player, bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.